happy moment. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Kaiju Groupie Podcast. I am your host, Michael, and as always, I am really excited for this episode because I got to sit down with my friend, Danny DeManna, creator of the Godzilla Novelization Project. In this episode, you'll hear his journey from being a super fan of Godzilla and Tokusatsu to being such a positive force of inspiration within this community. Danny and I had a lot to talk about, so much so I had to break our conversation up into two parts. During part one, you'll hear Danny and I discuss the journey that led him to being a full-fledged kaiju and toku nerd, our love of physical media, and how all of that encouraged him to embark on one of the most ambitious projects of his life. I also feel it's important to mention that we barely scratched the surface with this one, but I believe that you, the listener, will find the conversation fun and hopefully really interesting as you get a glimpse behind the kaiju-sized curtain of the GNP. But before we move into the main discussion, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping and mention that if you want to support this show, you can do so by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. What that's going to do is put this show in front of other kaiju and tokusatsu fans just like you. I don't have a Patreon, and that's really the best way that you can help support the show and help us grow this podcast. You can also email your feedback to kaijugroupypod at gmail.com, and if you do either one of those, I promise I will read your comments on a future episode. So, without taking up any more time, let's get into the conversation. Welcome back, dear audio listener, and with me, I have my very good friend, Danny, Danny Boy Damana. Danny, good sir, how are you doing this fine evening? I am doing uh, pretty darn excellent. How about you? <laughs> I can't complain. Well, I had I had some bad tacos earlier today. They're kind of tearing me up right oh, now, but yeah, other than that, I'm doing I'm doing all right. I mean, that'll that'll ruin some days, but it's it's all about perspective, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, there there's worse things. There's worse things going on right well, now, it, I guess. Well, where'd than, you get the tacos? Uh, well, uh admittedly, I'm kind of ashamed of it, but Taco Bell. There you go. There so, you go. So they're not real tacos. You will be um, you will be lucky to live through the recording, my friend. But um <laughs> <laughs> and you're, t- and this is somebody I should have learned my lesson months ago. I should have learned my lesson because uh, the last time I had Taco Bell, I got food poisoning. Oh, geez. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, but that's been six months ago at a different Taco Bell. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that the ex- the same experience will not happen this time. But the odd, aud- but but of course, people listening, you don't want to hear about my horrible tacos and <laughs> all of that you want to hear from the man himself, Mr. Danny DeManna. So Danny, uh, just to get us kicked off here for anyone out there listening that does not know who you are, 
um, just give us a little, uh, just give us a little life story for yourself and, uh, maybe throw in about the work, throw in some information about the work you do on top of it. Sounds good. Well, I was born 49 years ago to the, to a poor family of accountants and no, I, um, <laughs> long, <laughs> yeah, hope. Yeah. Uh, long, long story short, my, my claim to fame within the, uh, the Godzilla uh, community is that I am the creator slash author of the Godzilla novelization project, which is an ongoing, um, perhaps insanely, uh, crazy, ambitious, uh, on, ongoing thing on my part to, um, basically fill a void that I feel definitely exists within the Western half of the Kaiju fandom and to an extent around the world, really. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm keeping my ambitions low right now. I'm just focusing on English. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those fans that, uh, that likes to look around and see what's, you know, what's missing and what could exist that might bring people some, some joy to kind of fill a niche. And I've been a lifelong reader. I love books. I'm, I surround myself in books um, and I just love a good story and it's uh, writing is a passion of mine. And I thought, um, why not combine those things and create something that hasn't existed before, which yeah. is full length novel adaptations of all the Japanese Godzilla films. And uh, yeah, it's exactly as insane as it sounds, um, but it has been a lot of fun. I launched the project man, uh, over two and a half years ago in the beginning of 2018. And, uh, it's just been an absolute blast. So the, uh, in a nutshell, the GNP is a, uh, a project that aims to novelize all of the films and share them, uh, 100% free online, um, with any and every Godzilla fan that desires to check them out and give them a read. Oh, wow. Okay. So, when I first discovered, I discovered you through, through a mutual friend of ours, Nathan. And when he told me about your project, I, I said, I said, come the heck on. Like, <laughs> is there like somebody out there really doing that? I mean, that's like you said, is if you think about it, all the material that's in these films and all the dialogue, all the little, all the, the nuances of some of these films. I mean, man, you've, you've got to be some kind of special to, to want to, <laughs> embark on that journey some, some kind of special crazy i i think a little <laughs> little uh little uh, little air up in the old noggin there but i i appreciate the compliment <laughs> i mean i think i think i think you're right there there is a little bit of a there is a, a hole that you are feeling that you are feeling within this fandom but and, I, and I'm sure we'll get into that later on in the episode but for right now i want to focus on you danny demana just as the kaiju nerd uber fan of this entire genre. So where did all of this start for you? Oh man. Um, geez. It's been, it's, it's, I know exactly when I know it doesn't sound like I know I'm just like, Oh, let me think back. But I, the moment where it all began will never leave me. Um, but it feels like it's been longer than that, longer than my life. Even um, it all kind of started for me. Um, I'm, 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 27. I'm pretty young. I was born in the early nineties and mm. it was a time when, um, you know, the, the, the nineties Godzilla films hadn't come to the States yet. And I was among the people that didn't know that they existed for a while. But my excuse was that I was in preschool. Uh, you know, I didn't, I was young. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> round about 1998 ish, um, is when, obviously when a certain, uh, big budget Hollywood film was being readied for release. And that's kind of when, little uh, five or six year old me started hearing the name Godzilla. Like, what is that? 
what who is this Godzilla guy? What do I I keep hearing about it, but I I don't know. I might have even heard the name before. It's kind of one of those things where I know where my fandom started, but mm. the first time I I that I may have heard the name is or seen an image of Godzilla is forever lost to time because as far as I'm concerned, I was born with that image, that silhouette in my head. (laughs) I mean, it's, I I know that's not true, but that's the epic origin story I'm going with. Um, But around about 1999 ish um, is when things were starting to kind of die down a little bit with the, the fallout from 1998 and all that. But Godzilla 2000 came out in America the next year in 2000 and mm-hmm. it just so happens that that's the first film that I saw uh, ever. That was my first Godzilla movie. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel I feel like I started out with a pretty solid one. T- still to this day, it's yeah. one that when people say, well, I, I kind of like to get into the series. Where should I start? I haven't seen any. And I usually say, try, try Godzilla 2000. Um, I've suggested that movie to to uh, younger people, older people. It's it, it never fails to get them hooked. As far as I'm concerned, I saw it when I was about seven at a friend's mm-hmm. house. He'd just um, gotten the DVD of the film after it had come out. I didn't see it in theaters, unfortunately. I missed mm-hmm. it. I know a lot of people have great stories about seeing it in theaters. I am tragically not among them, but I did see it in a friend's basement. He had a projector and a big screen. And uh, oh, okay. yeah, so I got to see it on a big ish screen, uh, bigger than uh, bigger than the TV I owned at the time. So it was almost like sure. a theater experience. And I was um, I had this uh, friend of mine um, who tragically years later grew out of it. And I just kind of kept going on with it. Um, but he, he mm-hmm. liked the films and he said, dude, I've got a Godzilla movie. You want to come over and watch it? And I was like, sure. So we went over. I went into his, his basement. We set it all up. And um, gosh, I my jaw like just distended from my skull and shot down to the ground. Um, it was really one, it was just like an amazing moment. Uh, the uh, Nomura attack at the beginning of the film with the fire backlighting Godzilla as he attacks. Oh yeah. That yeah, moment yeah. to me is quintessential Godzilla. Uh, when I think of Godzilla, yeah. that's usually the scene I think of is just this big black shape coming out of the, the uh, the fiery background and the the deep guttural um, Miragoji roar, uh, mm-hmm. that great update to the roar. <clears throat> Pardon me, you can cut that part out. <clears throat> so we watched most of the film, but unfortunately, me being seven years old and not in control of how long I stayed at people's houses, my ride that day, which was di- my dad, had to leave, and therefore so did I. And we got about two thirds of the way through the movie, and I had to stop. And it's, uh, it was, it was painful. I mean, <laughs> seven year old me had never seen anything like this. My like synapses in my brain that had never fired before were firing. Right. So I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I left the, the house like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't know what I just saw, but it's amazing. And I went home and I must've badgered my poor mother, uh, to, to death. Just like, Oh my God, I've seen the most amazing thing in my life. It's this Godzilla thing and it's crazy and it's super cool. And after probably way too long of that. She turned around and, and looked at me and said, you know, there's a lot of these, right? At which point my brain <laughs> exploded again. Uh, and so uh, long story short, a couple of days later, mom threw me and my younger brother in the car. We went to our local library and this was back in the days when um, all of the, the movie section at, the, at our local library, libraries everywhere were all VHS mm. tapes. It's kind of like walking right, into a video yeah. store. Um, and right, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really great. They had, um, 
like a DVD section. But when I say a DVD section, I mean a section where there was like a DVD, like Like one single DVD, single DVD. And it was probably, (laughs) I got probably you got mail or something. I don't know. It was 2000. Who knows? But, um, we, we went to the, the section with the little G card in it. And sure enough, they had a couple of the films and I flipped through the tapes and most of them were the, um, the uh, scimitar releases with that fantastic artwork. Uh, anyone out there who's listening, if you know, what I'm, if you know, you know, it's the scimitar now, VHS tapes. Let me ask you here because I want, I want to make sure that I'm correct. The ones you're speaking of are the ones that have that really fantastic illustrated artwork. The one I'm specifically thinking of is uh, the, the few I own, like for Godzilla versus the sea monster, Godzilla versus the cosmic monster. And there's another one that I can't, that's escaping me. Is that the ones you're talking about? It is. It's actually not. Those ones are different. Oh, okay. um, the ones I'm referring to uh, are if you're, if you're familiar at all with like the history of home video releases for the Godzilla franchise, uh, Scimitar had the, the Saperstein package, uh, which was okay. uh, Godzilla versus the thing uh, monster zero um, Godzilla's Revenge, Terror of Mechagodzilla, and right. uh, off and on a few a, a few other uh, titles, but those are the ones that most mm. people uh, remember. Uh, but the artwork, I mean, I, I actually know exactly the artwork you're talking about, and that's really fantastic and like pulpy and cartoony and really really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I among other things, I collect of Godzilla VHS tapes. Uh, I yeah. knew that about you, and I, I vaguely remember us having this conversation a, a few weeks back. And I you, and I think it was it was actually the conversation that spurred my interest in having you on this show. Oh, yeah, is yeah. when we when we were yeah when we were going through and talking about all the VHS tapes and your collection there. And I just found it super interesting. Now, I'm not like. I love physical media, but I'm not the physical media nut like you or Nathan or even Elijah uh, is is really deep into that area of, of collecting and the fandom. So I sort of know about the releases you're talking about, but to tell you the differences between which D uh, not, which VHS release is what. I have no. <laughs> it is it is a very com- convoluted world of rights issues and different covers and um, sometimes different cuts. Like if you want to go watch um, Gigantus the Fire Monster, but you want to see the version that actually has the Gigantus the Fire Monster title card, because all the DVDs mm-hmm. and, and such have uh, Godzilla Raids again uh, right. printed on them. But if you want to see that original version, the only way to, to see it is on the old, um, VHS tape. They only released okay. one in two variants, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's another, that's an entirely other, a different discussion, but, um, right. Yeah. But right. they, they had, I highly recommend, uh, getting on Google images and just looking up Godzilla scimitar and just looking at that artwork. You, you'll probably recognize it. It's fantastic artwork, uh, uh, thoroughly inaccurate in a couple of places, but really just, excellent artwork and the one the cover that caught my eye was uh the tape that had the movie in it that they called godzilla versus mothra but we'd know it as mothra versus godzilla 1964 and um that became oh yeah i remember these oh my god you know the one i'm yes. talking about yeah i'm i i, I googled it why i googled are oh, you looking you at it talking. now yeah <laughs> i am i am oh boy yeah like the one that i okay so i have these somewhere they're at my parents house um i know i have godzilla versus monster zero i know i have that one because i remember thinking to myself self that is not what King Ghidorah looks like. <laughs> it is not. It is not. It's a great rendition, but it's not. It's not quite accurate. 
Um, yeah. And I remember they had that tape there as well. They had, they had a few, but the first one I saw was, uh, Mothra versus Godzilla. And then my younger brother saw the one with the cool dragon on the front. And, uh, we each mm-hmm. got to take one home that day. Um, and the, the one that I picked was the one we watched first and lo and behold, the, the kaiju opus, the masterpiece that is mm-hmm. 1964's Mothra versus Godzilla became the first Godzilla movie I saw from beginning to end for the as oh, my wow. first okay. one. What a great one to start with. And then after that was monster zero. That's a twofer. Like those are two of the best. And I, I, got started right off the bat pretty good. And um, I mean, after that, I was, I mean, after those two movies plus Godzilla 2000, I mean, that was it. That was my, that was it. So mom, if you're listening, this is all your fault. <laughs> uh, now, I, I uh, have, a, I have a very similar story to you where um, I can blame my mom too, because my very first Godzilla movie in theater. Well, my very first Godzilla movie in theaters was 1998, but my very first Toho Godzilla movie was Godzilla 2000 in theaters. And it was such a magical, it was a magical time in young Michael's life at the, at the ripe, at the ripe age of 13. Uh, My mom uh, was in the mall shopping. I didn't want to go shopping. So I went to the movies instead and it just so happens there was a Godzilla movie on and I knew of Godzilla. I grew up with Godzilla. So I thought, okay, this sounds like a a way to kill a couple of hours. So I'm going to go in here and watch this movie that I've never seen before. And it was, it was wonderful because I was literally the only person in the theater. Oh my gosh. You got dude, that rocks. That's the the best. Like I'm thinking to myself, why, why am I so privileged right now uh, to, to be, have my own private viewing of Godzilla 2000? What deities did I please today? Like how, <laughs> how did I get so lucky? That is, that's a great story, man. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, that's, that, that surprises me a little bit, you know, seven year old Danny mm-hmm. got hooked on Godzilla, uh, got hooked on Showa Godzilla. Now, at the time, to be fair, that's really because uh, I'm 33. We're close in age, so at at the time, you know, Showa Godzilla was really the only thing we were getting over here in the West. That's about it. I mean, up until, gosh, 1998 specifically, um, there were, I mean, the, none of the 90s films had come over. It was pretty much just the first 17 films, but even then, it was pretty spotty because. Uh, throughout the the 90s, specifically up until 98, when ADV released it, Destroy All Monsters was basically a lost film in the United States. Mm. It was, uh, it's kind of hard to think about it now because you can just watch it wherever you want to now. It's everywhere. But yeah, to me, you know, got, uh, to me, Destroy All Monsters was a myth. Like yeah. to me, I got, I'd always heard of it. Like I was like, I'd heard that there was this epic there was this magical film somewhere in the ether where all of the godzilla monsters fought each other in one movie and i thought where is this movie why haven't i seen this movie i don't believe it exists because i've never seen it and because it didn't come on local television it te- it doesn't exist to me yeah, so they didn't i guess it. it doesn't i guess it just they just i guess it's just not out there <laughs> and then yeah i um i ended up finding the movie on tape a few years after its release um because my Godzilla fandom was basically entirely built on the act of going to my library, renting a handful of the movies, watching them 89 times, and then bringing them back. But again, at the time, it was a very limited uh, slate of movies. Uh, my 
my library pretty much only had the Scimitar tapes. And then they got a couple of the Anchor Bay tapes in. Uh, stuff like Godzilla mm-hmm. vs. Gigan, um, mm-hmm. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. And then round about, oh, good Lord, probably 2001 or two, somewhere in there, um, the uh, Sci-Fi Channel, back when it was spelled Sci-Fi Channel. Um, and back the proper way? The proper, not Sifi? Not Sifi. Not Sifi. I don't even know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> but that, and also back when they showed uh, Godzilla movies, you know, they haven't, right. they haven't done that in a hot minute. And uh, they had a, this is actually kind of timely because we're recording this a few days after Labor Day. Uh, they had, um, and I'll never forget it. They had a uh, the uh, Godzilla All Day Labor Day Sofathon, and um, they, oh, they yeah. played all the '70s movies back to back. And that was the first time I saw it. Uh, Hedera, and then they jumped to Gigan, and then they jumped to Mechagodzilla, and then they jumped back to Megalon. They were kind of out of order, but mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Right. And uh, of course, this was 2001, so um, I was able to get. Was one. it? What was that? Now? Was it Mechagodzilla or Terror of Mechagodzilla? Oh, it was, uh, it was, it was Mecha. It was a cosmic monster. It was cosmic monster. It was Mecha okay. So all right, because yeah. I remember, I remember us, like I remember Mecha, I, a Mechagodzilla movie, like a show a Mechagodzilla movie on television, but it was always Terror of Mechagodzilla, not the first Mechagodzilla. I didn't see uh, Mechagodzilla seventy four till many many years later. Really, that's really interesting. Yeah, I know the um, the. The the trimmed down to like two and a half minute long version of Terror of Mechagodzilla that excised all the the violence and therefore most of the plot points aired a lot back then. But I didn't actually see that one. It's kind of reversed because I saw Cosmic Monster on the sci-fi channel. And then years later, I finally got to see Terror of Mechagodzilla. I didn't actually get to see that one until it came out from uh, classic media. On DVD. Okay. That was a long ways for me. But, uh, and again, because it was 2001, I lucked out and I I got one of those eight hour long blank VHS tapes and I recorded the whole thing. All, oh, I remember those. All the movies. I, I think, well, I think it cut off a little bit of Megalon, but it didn't, it didn't matter because I actually owned that one on tape. I think that might've been the first one that I had a physical copy of aside from the 98 film, um, mm-hmm. which coincidentally, I'm, that's just another one of those funny you know, it doesn't actually, it's not that significant, but I'll always remember it because the 98 Godzilla was my first PG 13 film. Sure. Yeah. And I would have been uh, not 13 when I saw it, but it's really not like that bad. You know, it's like, no, it's, like not. The, the, it's not violent or profane or anything like that. It's uh, I remember the ending made me sad when he died, but other than that, it was, it wasn't that bad, but for a lot, for a long time, I just kind of drifted back and forth between renting the tapes and then watching the ones I'd recorded. And then eventually my library as libraries, you know, <laughs> inevitably ended up doing, got rid of all their tapes, mm. no more Godzilla. And, um, right. and again, I just kind of watched the things that I'd recorded for a while. And right. eventually uh, a few years later, I, I walked into this amazing store. I'd been there a few times before and it, it's a chain that doesn't exist anymore called media play. Um, I don't know if you remember Media Play. I don't know if it was all over the country. I don't know the whole story of Media Play, but um, I I don't I don't recall. I don't recognize that name. So maybe we didn't have one. Maybe not. It might have been under a different name elsewhere. But basically, if you took Best Buy, Barnes and Noble, and like three old school video stores and crammed them into a warehouse, uh, mm-hmm. that's what this place was. Which basically meant, okay. meant it was heavenly. 
right? It was it was amazing. <laughs> of course, yeah. And uh, I went in there, and they had an entire monster movie section in this store, and I went crazy. I ended up over the course of um, you know a couple of gift giving occasions, uh, thanks to again my mom who fed my obsession. Um, I ended up with three of the '90s movies: Destroy All Monsters, because it had come out sure. by that point. And um, I finally got Godzilla 2000 on tape and watched the end that I hadn't seen yet. And um, so that was basically, it felt like it was about a 10 year stretch of my life, but it was actually like three years, you know, it was like okay. two or three years, but it felt longer because I was a kid, you know? Right. And I mean, everything feels longer oh, yeah. when you're a child. Well, when you're a kid like that, uh, everything just feels like, it just feels like time just passes by so slow Oh yeah. because really at that age, you're, you're very dependent upon your parents to feed your addiction. Yeah. Uh, and, and feed you in general. Fandom. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. But you <laughs> so, know, that's, that's a gift. I, I like to say that I, I like to think that's a given that's part of the package. For most folks, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's requirement. But, yeah. But that, but the, but Godzilla falls into sort of the extracurricular activities category. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting because my, neither of my, my parents uh, are or were ever, fans of Godzilla. They just mm-hmm. knew I liked it. Uh, my brother was right. a fan with me for a while, but as he got older, uh, he kind of grew out of it and drifted off towards other things. And um, the the couple of friends that I knew when I was really young who were like, Godzilla's cool. Like a year later, they were on to other things. So I very quickly right. found myself uh, rather isolated, which I think is kind of the MO for a lot of, <laughs> a lot of Godzilla fans. It's a very isolating fandom i i think like it's very insular you're kind of by yourself and then you get online and you're like oh cool but um i mean this was before i was online this is before i really right. understood what online was and right. um so again it was very i never wrote into gfan or anything i didn't even know gfan existed for the longest time i just didn't know mm. um and I mean, as the years went by, I, it kind of became one of the many, many things that I loved because it kind of got, mm-hmm. it was, it was right up there because I, I like, I love a lot of things. Godzilla mm-hmm. and Kaiju was like my bread and butter. Right. But right. I love me some star Wars. I, I love um, transformers. I all that stuff. That's all good stuff. And right. it, it was, it was just one of those things for a long time. And I basically went through most of the, the early to mid two thousands with like uh, eight or nine of the movies uh, on tape. And I, right. I just kind of watched those back and forth and I, I right. kept them very close to myself. And, uh, as my family, I, I became, uh, acutely aware that my family did not enjoy them like I did. And then I started to feel guilty, right? Like I was like, <laughs> right. I don't yeah. want this in if you don't want to watch it. And I, I don't know. I, I like got myself into a weird mental space where it felt like I was inconveniencing my family with my, mm-hmm. with my, with my cool nerdy passion. Right. I mean, right. Was, yeah. I think people tend to kind because, of that trap. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I, I had sort of a, a similar journey as you where I was a huge Godzilla fan, uh, for many, many, for many years, like grade school through middle school, big Godzilla fan. And, you know, about the end, the tail end of middle school, heading on into high school, I, like you, sort of suppressed that fandom, that little, that little part of myself. Like it was always there. Oh, yeah. Like I would, I would, you know, when I didn't have anything else to do, when my, when it was just me 
there at the house or it was kind of late at night or something like that. And I knew I wasn't going out with my friends. I would pop in a Godzilla movie and I, cause I knew that I could watch it and not be disturbed. Yeah. And it would be, it was my own little, little secret. And I know it's, it's kind of a weird thing to say. It is, but it, that's uh, how you're, when you're younger, that's kind of how your mind interprets it. It's like, this is this thing that's, that's mine. Right. You know, right, and yeah. I'm going to enjoy it in a, you know, cause no one will be around to laugh at it or like misunderstand or be like upset that I, I wanted to watch this instead of, you know, some, something else, you know, it does. It's, it is, it's, uh, it feels very weird to look back on it and think to yourself, like that was, I really treated it like, like a dirty little secret under the mattress, you know, but it's mm-hmm. cause it's like, you know, there's nothing, it's, it's pretty darn wholesome. It's monster movies, but it's, it's kind of a weird thing because that's how, that's that's kind of what it felt like we had a lot of fans had to do was like well the the monster the monster thing is like you know it's cool but you know i just keep it to myself you know that kind of thing i know i i totally get it and even to this day i don't always share my love for godzilla and this fandom with everybody because you just never know you Mm -hmm. just never know how people are going to react i didn't tell my coworkers i was big into uh into godzilla until several years into working and my collection had gotten so big at the point, it was just like, well, they're going to see them anyway. So I'm just going to throw them up on the shelf and that's just who I am. Right. Yeah. Uh, so wear, wear it loud and wear it proud. Wear it like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's surprising to me as I've talked about sort of my love for this genre with other people, it's surprising to me how much people actually a remember it because a lot of I don't feel like like when you're in this little bubble like we are where there's just a bunch of Godzilla fans and kaiju fans talking to each other over and over it's easy to say okay that's cool you know we all like the same thing yada 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 but when what I would call like a normie comes along and recognizes like uh, for instance one of my uh, wife's co-workers came into the house the other like a couple weeks ago we were having a, a barbecue and uh, I have to go and I go into the office to grab something out of the bar and uh, they follow me in there and they're, and they walk into my office and are like, Whoa, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Right. Yep. Um, I, I've, and, I've gotten that look before. I got that look a couple of weeks ago when the maintenance guy <laughs> came to my apartment to fix my AC. <laughs> right. Right. And he looks at me, he said, yeah, I remember that one. And I remember that one too. Huh? And it just, it, it was like a, just a little, a really nice, just sort of passing moment. Uh, we didn't get into a big discussion. We didn't get into a big film discussion or talk about our favorite monster fights or anything like that. But it was just nice to have someone acknowledge like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's pretty cool. These look, these look, these look really nice. And then they walk over to pick one up and like, don't touch that. <laughs> That's very collectible. <laughs> I don't want you to get your smudging hands on it. Get your hands off. Right. No, it is very expensive. He's like, oh, really? This is expensive? Yeah. How much? Like 250 bucks, bro. (laughs) Yeah. This is, dude, let me tell you about the majesty and magic of X plus. Uh, because it's like, it'll get you, it'll get you, man. Those are, those are expensive. It will. And see, I've only been collecting X plus for maybe a little over, like I bet a year now. Nice. And, I've spent way more time uh-huh. and way more money than I'm proud to admit, but My, yeah, I, it is, I, it is what it is. I, I don't have a lot of it. I mean, it's, um, we'll probably get touch on this a little bit later, but like my, my kaiju collection is out of control. Like my, I'm literally recording right now in what I, I call my, my kaiju cave. 
and it's the second room of my apartment, which is all wall to wall, floor to ceiling uh-huh. stacked with toys. I've probably got, I mean, I think at last count, I was at close to a thousand, t- <clears throat> like a thousand toys, probably just, Oh no. Yeah. And oh, God. I mean, hundreds more things like posters and the DVDs and lobby cards and trading cards and books and manga and comics and magazines. And it's, 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 it's crazy. I'm literally like, I am nesting in my, my bliss, my kaiju <laughs> fandom. And, um, it is, it's like, I built a little, a little, little nest around myself and, uh, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but one of the things I don't actually have a lot of, and, um, they're going to be collectors out there that are like, well, why not? But I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. I don't have a lot of X plus in my collection mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I'd rather take that money and get like 20 other toys with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like I can, right, I can right. get like n- eight or nine NECAs. But, um, you know, but well, I, you could, you could until if I didn't already have them all, but, um, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> right. I have, I have two or three Godzilla, like nice X pluses in my collection. Now I have, um, mm. the Godzilla 2000, because as previously explained, that suit, of course. that suit is rather special to me. So I got that. Right. Um, I have the, uh, the 1954 Godzilla that's biting the train. That's a beautiful one. <gasps> oh, that is a yeah, beautiful sculpt. Yeah. I think that came from a, I think that was adapted from a resin kit. Yes, I believe it. Well, was. most of them are, most of them start out as resin kits, mm-hmm. but that was a very stylized resin kit. I can't remember who initially, who initially put that one out, but yeah, I remember, I know a lot of collectors revere that kit a lot. It's and then beautiful. when they, and then, and then when it was brought over to vinyl, uh, all of us went nuts. Now I missed the boat on that one and they pop up every now and then for sale, but they pop up for a little bit higher than I want to pay for uh-huh. one. Cause I've already got yeah. a, a really nice, um, uh, version of the sh- uh, shadow go shadow show die show die There we go. Yeah. Uh, I've got a really nice one. I got the, it's the, um, the Yuji Sakai sculpt. Oh, that sucker is gorgeous. I love that thing. It is very gorgeous. It is my, if I, if I sell, if I, if, if there ever comes a time where I have to sell my collection, that probably will not go No, because I love it so much. Um, but yeah, my wife comes into the office the other day and I'm just sitting there working and she just pauses for a second. She looks down at me and she looks up at my shelves and she says, would you like another set of shelves for Christmas? <gasps> and I looked at her and I said, yeah. I love you. <laughs> that right I there. I never loved. <laughs> that's what we call a keeper <laughs> folks. I, I, I never, I, I, I've never loved you more <laughs> than I love you now in this moment. Now I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I didn't say that, but uh, in my mind, I, I didn't say the quiet part out loud, but that's what yeah, I was thinking. It's, it's hard um, to kind of quell the, the upswelling of emotion in that moment when someone's like, <laughs> here, I'm going to spend money on en- enabling your, your collecting habit. Like, I love you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And she says, uh, well, we, we've talked about it before. When I first started getting into the hobby and she said, well, I mean, I guess there's worse things you can do. You could be an alcoholic. You could spend all your money on, on cigarettes or alcohol or anything like that. At least it's, at least it's, uh, safe. Like, yeah. Physically safe. Not maybe not financially safe, no, but it's no, physically it's safe. Terribly damaging to the wallet, but at least it's not like, it's not hurting anyone and it's not hurting you. And it's, you know, it's the, the worst thing that could happen with it is that a, you run out of space and it starts like, 
encroaching on mm. your like the rest of your home like what's currently happening in my home and um or you're spending too much but most oh, you know yeah. like most i you yeah. know most collectors have a budget and they say okay well you know this paycheck or this month or this quarter doesn't matter oh, yeah, i'll allocate sure. this so as long as you're doing it responsibly just like anything in life you know as long yeah. as it's not hurting anyone and you're being responsible and it's you know it's it's not you know it's fine just collect your vinyl i mean points. as long as as long I, as long as I'm not like, because I know collectors who are obsessed. They will get every single release that comes out. It does not matter what it is. They just want whatever new goodness that comes out from X Plus or Premium Bandai or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm I think to myself, you have got to be in so much debt. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah. but you're right. Yeah, everything in moderation as long as cuz Lisa and I both we we talked about that and uh we're like, "Hey, I'm never like we're I'm never going to let like a mortgage payment or I'm never going to let my collection come in the come between me and a, us and a mortgage payment." Yeah. I mean, cuz that would be like one that, irresponsible. That's fair though. And, like, you know, I feel like that's pretty And fair. insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. It's just crazy, but everything in moderation. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that I've connected with somebody who has a passion for collecting as much as I do. Um, and it's a fairly new passion. So Danny, let me ask you as we kind of move forward here. And it's sort of a question that came up whenever I got the, whenever I had the privilege of talking with Eric, my, during the last episode, and he asked me this question. I thought it was a really intriguing question. So I'm going to ask you, how much does nostalgia play into your love for this fandom now? Do you, and what I mean by that is, do you love this fandom and do you love these films strictly for nostalgia reasons? Or is there a deeper underlying reason why you love what we all love? Wow, that is a really fantastic question. Um well, I mean, I I obviously can't deny that nostalgia is remarkably a remarkably big part of why I you know I do what I do, but it's not what keeps me coming back because um, nostalgia is a powerful, powerful thing. But if you're mm-hmm. depending on your mindset and the person you are, it can also be kind of a trap because um, right. you know, for me, nostalgia is that feeling I get when I put in one of the movies that I grew up watching and it feels like a, like a, a nice warm blanket being thrown over my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. a, it's like, you know, I have a hard day at work or something like that. I come home, I throw in the, uh, the, the teacher English dub of author versus Godzilla or something like that, or monster zero. And it's like getting a hug from my childhood, you know, but uh, if it were all nostalgia, I feel like I'd be stuck with only those films because nostalgia didn't, propel me into seeking out the movies I hadn't seen before. Because remember when I was younger, I only had eight or nine of the movies at my immediate disposal. Um, And then when I got older, because again, for a long time, I, it was just one of those things that I I loved in it, kind of a sea of things. And then when I went to uh, my, my, had my first year of high school, I don't remember what Mm. had me down, but something had me like in not a great, 
like not a great place. And I just needed something fun to kind of focus my energy on something good and positive and nostalgic. Right. And I picked Godzilla because it resonated with me the most. And it was around that time that I, you know, I answered questions that I hadn't known before. You know, I was, I got mm. on the internet and I was like, how many Godzilla movies are there? You know, who's like AG super who's that now? Like I, I learned all of this stuff and that began, that began, a kind of obsession with researching and learning and acquiring knowledge and uh-huh. finding the films I hadn't seen yet. And um, I want to say, you know, it took me maybe a year and a half or so to like get all the rest of the movies through whatever means I could. I just tracked, it was very right. fast. I tracked them all down. Um, and those films weren't nostalgic upon seeing them, but now they have kind of a nostalgia because it's been, you know, 10, 15 years since I've seen a lot of them longer for, even more of them, but nostalgia didn't, you know, it didn't play a part in me going to see like Shin Godzilla, for example, nostalgia didn't, uh, compel me to get onto Netflix in 2017 and watch, uh, the, the first of the anime films. Um, mm-hmm. n- nostalgia keeps me, you know, it, it's, I, when it's I'm trying to think of a good way to say this, cause that really is a brilliant question. It's, it's there for me when I need it, I guess you could say. And uh, I love the feeling okay. of, of putting in the movies and feeling, you know, being reminded of simpler times, but that alone would not in any way be enough for me to continue watching new ones or learning about the ones that I love. Um, I Mm -hmm. deeply, I mean, we talked um, a little bit about this before uh, we started recording, but I'm, in addition to being a writer, I'm also an artist. I went to art school for half a decade and, um, you know, it's very, um, a lot of, a lot of my, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, let me ask you, uh, what was your, what was your, uh, your main, uh, focus in art school? My main focus was actually, uh, sculpting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I sculpted. Um, I did a little, I did a little bit of everything, right. I did a little bit of everything, but, um, so being an artist, um, you know, it's, I, I don't claim to be a particularly amazing artist. I just, I like to sculpt. I like to do, you know, th- 3d art is really kind of the thing I, I love to do the most, but, um, being like ZBrush, like I'm talking like ZBrush. Oh, I, or I like- wish, I wish I've actually never, okay. I've never used ZBrush. I mean like actual get my hands dirty with clay sculpting. Okay. Like I just wanted to, yeah. I just wanted to clarify. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wish I, I'd like to teach myself ZBrush sometime. I'm in awe of anybody that, that, Hmm. you know, can do that. It's just a, it's a great skill to have. Um, but again, it doesn't really matter what kind of like art art you're into. If you draw or anything like that, or you, you sculpt, there's a part of the, the brain. I think if you're a creative person that resonates with the Godzilla movies, because they are, they are moving pieces of art in front of you. Everything is in the older films, especially of course, is, is hand done. The, the miniatures, there's an art there, the lighting, the paintings in the background. I mean, we were just talking about um, Destroy All Monsters, the Mount Fuji painting, that matte painting. That's beautiful. And oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. And, you know, like the suits and making the suits and that's amazing. And I connect with that in a really, really deep way. I connect with the uh, the art of tokusatsu in a really because I, I love in camera practical effects because it's like looking at a magic trick. It's, um, it's the same, it's amazing because you can do anything with it. And I think one of the reasons that I connect with Tokusatsu so much is because it's very unreal, you know, it's very fantastic. It's, um, I've heard it kind of, uh, 
compared to watching the Muppets. You know what I mean? Because anybody that watches the Muppets and leaves disappointed because Kermit doesn't look like a real frog is cheating themselves. You know, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you don't go to, especially the older Godzilla films, um, expecting to see completely photorealistic effects. You're going to see something evocative. You're going to see right. something um, even poetic. You're not going, right. and I, it doesn't translate well for, um, for people who don't, who aren't fans outside of the United States, they see the suits, they see the sets and they're like, Oh, that's cheap. But it's, Mm. it's such a deeply remarkably uh, culturally significant thing. And being a a fan of Japanese culture as well, that's another way I connect with the movies. In addition to loving the art, loving nostalgia. Uh, I'm also a a music lover. And I think that the music in the Godzilla films is pretty much across the board, just stellar music. And so I, I connect with the art of the music and I connect with, the, the the actors and I connect with um, especially uh, having met a lot of the actors that were in those movies and the people who worked on them thanks to uh, to G Fest uh, just being able to being able to look at one of the movies and say I now have a personal you know connection to that person having met them and told them how much what they did meant to me and I always whenever I go to G Fest I always make sure to tell the people that are there who've come from you know Japan or anywhere in the world what you did is special to me and thank you I always make sure and tell tell people that um when they come I did I uh I really got into the habit of doing it in uh when uh, Koichi Kawakita came to G Fest in 2014 um he was sitting on the last day of the con he was sitting alone uh, because I guess nobody wanted to go talk to him. I don't know. Maybe everybody that wanted to see him had already seen him on uh, mm. Friday and Saturday. But on Sunday, he was just sitting at his table uh, and people were just walking past him. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no, like they, this cannot be right. So I I, I went over to right. him and um, and, uh, you know, sh- shook his hand. I'd met him the previous day. I'd already talked to him. And he was actually kind enough to just sign some stuff that I had with me. Uh, he didn't he I didn't have to pay for, I paid him, you know, early the previous day to get autographs, but he just signed stuff and handed it to me. And I mm-hmm. shook his hand and I thanked him for coming from Japan and for, uh, you know, making the movies that had re- really had the biggest impact on me as a kid, because three mm-hmm. of the movies I watched on literal repeat were Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, Godzilla versus Mothra, uh, and Mothra, and Mothra, the battle for earth, as it's also known. Right. And Mechagodzilla two which were, he obviously did the effects for those. Those films Mm -hmm. were what kept me a fan from becoming one up through acquiring the movies on DVD later and then on Blu-ray. And it just kind of got me through that. I I adore those films. I love the effects in those films. And uh, Kawakita-san is really kind of a hero for me. And I got to tell him that. And that really meant a lot. And um, he he nodded his head and said, thank you. And I wished him well. And uh, a few months after that, December of that year, he he passed away. He was gone. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really, it was like, it was like a, it was like a getting hit with a sledgehammer, like an emotional sledgehammer. I was like, oh my gosh, like if I hadn't walked over to him and I mean, he, chances are he didn't remember me, but it's, I still got to tell him that it meant what he did meant a lot to me. So having a connection on that level to the films is really fascinating. Um, So it's, I I guess nostalgia definitely plays a big part, but to say that it's 
all nostalgia is is uh, for me at least is is inaccurate mm-hmm. because I connect with the artistic merits of the films. I connect mm-hmm. with their historical context. I find that each of the films has a fascinating story about how it was made and why it was made, and I love a good story like that. So I connect with that. I connect with the right. uh, the stories of the people who made the films. I find them to be inspiring figures. Um, the you know your Hondas and your Tsuburayas and uh, your Ifakubes and Tanakas and all of those guys. Um, and as a person who who's I mean obviously you know I, I I'm writing Godzilla books right now, so I connect with the screenwriters like uh, Shinichi Sekizawa. He's a hero of mine, and I can watch the films from the perspective of oh I remember seeing this as a kid it really affected me and I, I have a lot of fond memories of it. I can watch it from a technical perspective, like, wow, look at those amazing effects. I can watch it from, you know, a storytelling perspective and say, I love the way Sekizawa wrote that dialogue, or I love the way Honda shot that scene and the cinematography looks great and the lighting looks great and the camera movement. You know, I can watch it from all, I can watch it from all of those perspectives combined into one screening. Um, so it's there are just so many reasons. There's so many reasons. Nostalgia right. is one of them for sure, but uh, there's a lot more to these films for me than just uh, just the good memories. Right, right. I, I, it you know I think that's <clears throat> I think it's a lot. It, it's that way for a lot of us too. Now nostalgia does play a, a huge part in my love for this genre as well. You know my 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 nostalgia mainly comes from just the fact that. Uh, my parents took turns during that infamous or no, not infamous, but famous uh, TNT marathon when they had like 13 films, Oh yeah, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. They stayed up. They took shifts all night, recorded all the movies for me. Oh, wow. And I still have those to this day. Now, whether they are in good enough shape to play or not, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but I still have them. I know exactly where they're at. They're in a, they're in their own little box stored away that I will probably keep uh, for the rest of my life. And that's my main nostalgic, my main nostalgic connection to this fandom is just growing up and having my parents sort of fuel that uh, interest in me because I grew up loving dinosaurs, Power Rangers, et cetera, et cetera. And so they saw that and they, and they fed it. They fed it even more because uh, like I was talking with Eric, the last episode, you know, I was one of those kids that was real quiet. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do well at making friends maybe as much as, uh, as my other, uh, as my like siblings would. And I was just kind of off to myself. And so Same. to me, yeah. Godzilla and Kaiju film and, and, um, uh, films like films from like the Harryhausen films, oh, they yeah. were an escape for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm completely in the same boat. I was, I was the quiet the quiet kid in the corner reading a book, you know, I was, um, yeah. it took me a long, you know, a couple of awkward years of childhood to, you know, learn how to make friends effectively. <laughs> you know, I'd like to think I'm better at it now that it's been decades, but, um, it's, you know, I, I was that exact kid. And when you don't have like the big friend base where you share a lot of interests where you don't have, mm-hmm. you know, extracurriculars and things like that. Um, right. I, you, you know, I'll, if you have the, the sense of wonder and the imagination and the creativity and it's, it's your jam, you know, then it's it, gravitating towards the fantastic is something that, um, a lot of people do. Cause I mean, for me, it was Godzilla and dinosaur same way. And, uh, mm. I mean, I remember at some point, I don't remember what year trying to convince my teacher 
we were doing and my history teacher that we should watch Clash of the Titans. Uh, oh my! Because we were doing like okay. a, a Greco-Roman chunk, and I came home and I said, "Hey, mom, I'm going to try to get my mom, my my teacher to uh, to do Clash of the Titans," and she said, "That's a good right. idea." And then I I must have watched it at some point, and then suddenly remembered that uh, there's some uh, some nudity in that film. So my I reconstructed just a little just bit, a yeah. little bit of a little bit of boobage here and there, but um. I, I, I was like, I don't want to be the, the kid that brought the movie with the, the nudie shots into school and have everyone be like, Danny, you watch movies that are inappropriate. I don't know. I, <laughs> well, that's when you pick uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. As a yeah. Which I actually, tragically, I hadn't seen it at that point. I hadn't seen it yet. Um, my, mm-hmm. my Harryhausen, like my, my Harryhausen like intake was like, trick it trickled into my life way too slowly but it was it's again it's one of those things from childhood but i had like maybe two or three of the movies and then as i got older i was like i gotta find i found another one i'm at barnes and noble and here's uh you know one million years bc for five dollars in the bin i'll take that and uh Mm. built the collection up but uh yeah i mean harryhausen is you know every bit as precious to me as uh the Godzilla stuff. I adore those movies. Oh, for sure. Oh, and yeah. they're becoming, they're becoming really difficult to find these they days. They are. And that is like, well, first of all, that's criminal because they're fantastic films, but they're, they, yeah. they're important films too. They're very important films. Um, I've been following the last few years, the, uh, the Ray and Diana Harryhausen foundations, like uh, preservation efforts and their mm-hmm. promotional efforts. Um, all most of which have been uh, really, really done amazingly well in the wake of Ray's death seven years ago. That was a bad day. <laughs> that was a sad, sad day. Um, but it's been really, really cool because again, one of the other things that I love about just this, this these kinds of movies in general, especially the older ones, is that you, you got to preserve this stuff. You know? Oh yeah, you, you got to make the movies like not just like the puppets and the props, but you got to make the movies available. You've got to get them. You know, you know, most people have Netflix and they have various streaming things. Put the Harryhausen movies up there. I mean, just get it in front of people, and somebody will click it and watch it. And you know, you know, I might. Oh, I watched you know. Clash of the Titans just. I think it was last weekend. Nice. It's on Netflix, and I and I I I was scrolling through. My wife was uh, she was working uh, that day, and I was just kind of uh, piddling around here at the house. Didn't have really much to do, so I sat down and said I was going to watch a movie. And just so happened that I was I saw that, and I said, "Well, heck yes, I'm going to watch a Harryhausen film on a Sunday with nothing else to do." It's beautiful. That's that's the dream right there. <laughs> that is the dream for sure. Um, so I want to kind of pivot here and, and talk more about your baby, your, this, this overarching, ambitious, audacious goal that you have had to novelize these Godzilla films. So I want to start by asking you, Danny, where did the itch to do such a, do such a thing come from? Well, um, man, the itch, the itch kind of came from a couple of different places. One, it came from a place of loving reading because I'm, I've always been a a book guy, always loved books. Sure. Uh, the other one obviously came from a love of the material. That's obvious. And the, the third one kind of came from, uh, something I mentioned uh, briefly before, which was, uh, almost like that place of uh, frustration because there, that thing that you feel really should exist doesn't. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, I suppose it doesn't exist because it's a little, I mean, it, like we were talking about before, it, you kind of have to be a little crazy to even think it's possible, yeah. uh, especially the way I'm doing it, where it's just, it's just me working on them. I mean, maybe if you had like an, an author, a book, you could get it done, but nobody was doing it. And it's, it seemed very, very wrong. You know, I felt like it, there should be something like that. I wanted, I wanted to see that in, in my, in my fandom, you know, I wanted it to exist. And there are, I mean, it's not like there haven't been Godzilla books. I mean, uh, uh, Mark Saracini did his four books for Random House back in the nineties. Uh, and yep, those books, I have every, la- I have all of them. those books are phenomenal. They're so good. They are. Um, and then there were the, the young adult books. And, and then obviously there's been comics from various different companies. So it's not like this doesn't exist. And in Japan, there are a couple of novelizations and there's manga adaptations and uh, scripts are available and things like that. But there's, there's never been a single unified, you know, directive that says, yes, all of the movies need to have books. They need to have book adaptations of them that people can read. And in English specifically, uh, maybe Japanese, I'd I'd love if I ever get them the darn thing done, I'd love to get some of them uh, uh, translated into Japanese so that maybe Japanese fans can read them. But that's way down the line. That is that's just that's one of these days I'll get to it. But like my the initial idea for what became the the GNP uh, actually originated back in high school, uh, a few years after I'd kind of embarked on my research a thon into uh, mm-hmm. into the Godzilla films. I'd seen all of them at that point. I'd seen, because oh, it was 2000, oh gosh, probably 10, 2010, about 10 years ago. Uh, I'd okay. seen I'd seen all the movies that existed up to that point. Um, this was obviously way before Legendary Pictures, before Shin Godzilla, before all that. The, it was the dark ages where we had, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the year, or before the year Death Kappa had come out. So it was, okay. it was pretty much yeah. just like the like parody movies, you know. But I didn't even know that all of those existed yet. Um, it was, 2010 was a big year for me because it was the year that I went to my first G-Fest. And um, my, uh, my parents pooled money, well, my dad specifically pooled money into it, and then we drove to Chicago. I mean, I'm in... Uh, I'm in near Toledo, Ohio, up near Michigan. So it's not that far of a drive to Chicago. Back in high school, 2010, G-Fest. Cool. Uh, I want to say that was also the year I first discovered uh, the Kaiju cast, which was its own little, you know, series of revelations because um, just the idea that I could listen to somebody say the names of the monsters. I don't know. Something about that was cool. It's kind of hard to explain. Because it's 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 right. kind of in your head, you know. You're reading about it um, throughout high school. Dave Callett's, uh a critical history and filmography of Toho's Godzilla series was my Godzilla Bible. Um, okay. I still to this day swear by that book. Uh, every Godzilla fan should read that book. Dave Callett is my hero. I love that man. Uh, he, isn't there a book? Isn't there an actual book, Danny, out there somewhere called the Godzilla Bible? Oh, um, that's a good question. It th- I should think be. so. I, I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. I thought may, or maybe it was just uh, someone being, being, uh, saying, making an exaggeration. Maybe, yeah. I, th- I thought maybe there was something, the, the Godzilla, there was such a, a thing out there called the Godzilla Bible. But for me, growing up, my Godzilla Bible was the compendium. Oh, yeah. By Mark Saracen. That's the other one. I, I hear that a lot. I hear, um, more than Dave Callett's book, I hear com- the compendium, and I hear Stephen uh, and Ed's uh, uh, Japan's favorite monster. 
book. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I've heard of that one. Uh, Steve rifle and Ed Gajewski. That, that book is also phenomenal. Uh, came out around the same time as, as uh, uh, Dave Callett's book did and around the same time as the compendium and all that good stuff. And there hasn't been, like a book like those books published in a hot minute. There have been a lot of great uh, independently published books. Um, John LeMay is a friend of mine. He is such a blessing to this, uh, to this fandom uh, with his books. Those, his books are outstanding. Um, but back in, you know, 2010, the, I'd only got, I'd got the Dave Callitz book, you know, used, I think my mom had gotten it for me used off of uh, Amazon. And I just, I plowed through that thing cover to cover dozens of times and it just kind of got stuck in my craw that I would love to, to, to read like the original Godzilla as a book. I would love to do that. Why doesn't that exist? And I was like, well, maybe it does. So I looked and it, it didn't. And I, I realized that for the most part, it's informational and original fiction when it comes to Godzilla storytelling in the English language. Uh, most mm-hmm. of the manga, I don't think any of the manga have been officially published in the United States um, physically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the adaptations, uh, you know, just forget it. Like there's nothing here at all. And I thought, well, that's kind of that, that, I don't know, somebody needs to fix that. And in my then, I want to say probably 15 or 16 year old brain, something clicked in my head and I said, well, I'll just do it. I'll give it a try. So I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, a, yeah. I was a teenager. I'd never written anything. I didn't know anything. You were ambitious. I was ambitious, I mean, and uh, yeah, you, know, my, you were ambitious. My ambitions were bigger than uh, the time I had, the ambi- the the talents I had, um, and it was as way too. I mean, I was a fifteen year old kid. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So, but I, I mm-hmm. did. I and I had kind of this, you know creative momentum and in this my burst of excitement, I decided I was going to sit down and actually try it. And I actually wrote. I did write prologues for two or three of the the, the movies. I, I don't. I think it was uh, King uh, versus King Ghidorah, Space Godzilla, and okay. Raids Again. I think that was the third one. And I think I tinkered okay. with a few of a few other ones. And I actually, because what I did was, I just had school notebook paper in a in a binder, and I just drew right. I drew the names of all the movies in kanji on the in katakana on the. <laughs> On the notebook paper like covers and on the backside I started writing the books and um, I I very quickly realized you know three or four pages into it that you know I kind of sunk in what I was saying like what what the heck am I thinking like yeah. I'm a kid <laughs> this is not this is not feasible and so I you know I threw it on a shelf and it, it popped into my head every once in a while over the next few years because I left high school went to college mm-hmm. graduated college um and they were just kind of one of those things like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was I, – I thought that I could maybe you know, do, <laughs> write this Godzilla thing, this like stupid, ambitious thing that this kid tried to do. And uh, right. what really kind of um, led to me starting it, like actually going from – I remember that silly thing I once tried to do to, huh, maybe this – maybe I can do this was actually uh, my brother. Uh, my younger brother is super cool. Uh, I love him to death and uh, he'll never admit it, but he is also a fantastic writer. Um, right. He, uh, he's, he rates a, a really funny film review. He's really good. And uh, back in high school, he was one of the, I know he was the only person, the only person that I let read what I had written. Uh, just these little scribblings on a notebook paper, probably just completely full of typos. 
and grammatical errors. I don't know, man, but I, he, every once in a while over the years, he would, he would bug me and say, Hey, remember that thing you tried to do in high school? Those were actually really good. And I would say, no, they probably weren't that good. Actually. I was like 15 (laughs) and he said, no, dude, they were really, really good. Why didn't you ever do more of it? And, um, and I, I kind of brushed it off for a while, but he kept going every, every few years, he'd bring it up just kind of out of the blue and say, Hey, why didn't you, why didn't you keep going with that? And I'd be like, well, what do you think? It's crazy. <laughs> like it's insane. It's so much work. And I was a kid and eventually something kind of clicked in my brain. Um, mm-hmm. my, my brother, uh, is not afraid to speak his mind when it comes to what he thinks about the stories that he consumes. Uh, Mm -hmm. like I said, he writes a great film review and if he didn't like a movie, he will tell you exactly what he didn't like about it and why. And he will say it in a really informative, funny way. And And I appreciate that about people. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. 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 I I don't want fluff. I don't want somebody just to, I don't want somebody just to sugarcoat something. I want you to tell me your honest, honest, brutal, even if it's just brutal honesty, well, yeah, I want you to tell me. I'm not going to learn to be better if you don't tell me what's going on. So, and that's, right. that's kind of one of the problems I had in, in art school because I would, I mean, it's art school. You have to do critiques. You have to stand up there sure. in front of the room with whatever you, you, you know, you, you crapped out that week and you've got to be like, Hey, check it out. Uh, what do you guys think? Tell me how bad it is. And then everyone would tell me how bad it was. Uh, which, you know, if they had followed that up with, and here's how you can fix it, then it would have been fine. It's called constructive criticism. But all I got for five plus years of art school, I'm not kidding, was just straight criticism. And very infrequently was I given any advice on how I could make what I had done better. And so sure. I don't feel like I progressed that far in, 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 in school because nobody, you know, I basically had to teach myself. I would look at it and say, okay, well, I'll try this and I'll try this. But my brother's not like that. If he doesn't like it, he'll tell you. And I appreciate that immensely. And he's helped me uh, be a better creative person, I think. And when he looked right. at me and said, Danny, listen, bro, when I like, you actually did really good when you wrote the, we scribbled these things on notebook paper. Like they were actually really good and really well written. Uh, I kind of had to stop and think like, okay, he could be using this as an excuse to give me a good razzing right now. Like, dude, remember those, those stupid things you wrote, but no, he, (laughs) he saw these silly little old things from high school as uh, wasted potential in a brother, Mm -hmm. an older brother that he genuinely believed could do it. And, uh, right. I was just remarkably humbled by that because when he says that kind of stuff, I know he means it because he does again, no fluff. And, um, right. I, I really took that to heart and, um, I, uh, as it turns out in early, uh, 2018, I found myself with an abundance of, uh, free time. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I, I, resolved that I would not think about it because if mm-hmm. at any point it crossed my mind that this was as insane as it is, I would psych myself out and I wouldn't be able to do it. Wouldn't be able to do it. And so I said, darn it, caution, meet wind. And uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I chucked it over my shoulder and I said, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. Um, and I, I don't know. And the, the people in my life were very supportive. Um, my mom said, go for it. My brother said, go for it. Um, 
nobody else cared. <laughs> but I, I gave it a sh- I said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. So I set up a uh, <laughs> delightfully janky uh, Word free WordPress account and uh, set about you know, crudely designing some kind of a logo and writing up an introduction. Mm. And I posted all this stuff and I sat down and I wrote the first chapter for the original Godzilla. And I said, I'm going to try this one. If I can make this one sound good, then, I mean, it's the original Godzilla. Like if I mess this up, right. you'll be able to tell immediately. Uh, right. You know, If I can handle this, then I can handle the, the other stuff. And so with uh, with the encouragement of the, uh, the the lovely people in my life, I I took the plunge, launched the site, mm-hmm. and uh, very quickly, people started noticing it. I was really really surprised uh, right. how quick it took because when you I mean being a, a creative person within a fandom, like doing some kind of fan created work, I mean a lot of the time it kind of feels like you're yelling into a void. You know, because there's right, so many and that's not to to cast any shade on anyone. It's just that there's so many talented people doing so many cool things, uh, you know, podcasters and people doing fan art and people writing, you know, fan fictions and things like that. There's just so much. And standing out is difficult, but I, I feel like I, I really lucked out because the there's nothing like the GNP anywhere. There's just nothing like it. So I had the the, you know, the, I'm trying to think of a good word, I guess, advantage of, uh, was a good Mm. word of being unique and being able to say, listen, uh, this is the only thing like it that exists. And, um, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm just throwing, you know, art out into the wind and it might get, they might get lost too many fantastic kaiju artists have no visibility, which is really sad to me because there's so many talented people out there. Um, there are. Yeah. So I really, I lucked out and I mean the, the GNP, I wouldn't say is like this huge, massive, you know, <laughs> megalithic thing in the, God, the, the Godzilla fandom. But very quickly I, you know, people started messaging me and saying, I just found your website and I really like what you do. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, within a couple of months, um, I want to say probably, okay, I launched in February of 2018 in June I was contacted by Nate Marchand and he said, I, I'd like to interview you about what you do. And so at G Fest that year, I met up and um, with, with the two guys and we did an interview and I was like, Oh my God, I'm being interviewed. Like I'm why? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a surreal thing. It's surreal. It's, it's yeah. It's surreal. It's, 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 it's you go from just being like this, you go from just being this super fan who is just indulging in your passion to being looked at as uh, a pseudo celebrity or or at least, or someone (laughs) at least, or someone interesting enough that people took notice that wanted to talk about it with you. Exactly. And uh, yeah, well, I'll go with that last one because I am literally the farthest thing from celebrity and that's that's no but i I know what you mean though it's like it is of you kind of no i mean it's and that and you know danny to be fair you are sort of a celebrity within this fandom everyone i've everyone i've talked to anyway uh knows who you are and knows of the gnp i mean um you're sort of a known entity at this point that is yeah yeah it's been really surreal to kind of see that happen and it's just it just never ceases to be unbelievably humbling and just really yeah. sweet. And I just, I just love that. Um, and I, I, I really, I, I feel very fortunate because I feel like I'm a, a positive voice. That's one of the things I really pride myself on is that I, you know, I don't, you know, just get online and complain 
and I don't, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not a place for a little bit of well, well-mannered complaining online, but, um, there's, you know, yeah, it, it has its place. Has its I mean, place. we've, yeah. the, the, the Godzilla fandom, admittedly, I, I can acknowledge, whereas maybe, maybe a year ago, I wasn't seeing it because I was still fairly new. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't new to Godzilla, but I was new to the fandom. I was new to interacting with folks within this community that we've all built together. Um, And so the longer you stay in there, the the more you see its flaws. And I, and I, and a few months ago I started seeing some of its flaws and it, it does, it, it jades you a little bit or it makes you jaded a little bit. Um, But it really is a great, it is really a great community, it's, even though it, it is it is small. We are smaller mm-hmm. compared to Marvel or DC. And, oh yeah, and, and we always and be. for that reason, yeah. yeah, and for that reason, uh, our problems seem bigger because uh, I think it was I was talking with um, oh, I can't remember who I was talking with now. Um, our problems seem bigger because we're all talking. To, oh, it was Henry. It was Henry from uh, it came from Monster yeah, Movie. Yeah. Our problems seem bigger. Because we're all already talking to each other, so we sort of already know each other's business. That's anyway. That's a really good observation, and it's things tend to get magnified when you have comparatively. I mean, when you're comparing it to like mm. Marvel or something, comparatively fewer voices saying the thing, you know, which is why something that wouldn't necessarily be a blip on the radar for a larger Star Wars or Marvel-sized fan base really makes ripples. Right. Uh, when you have a, a yeah. smaller group of people, and no, no fandom is without its uh, its ne'er do wells as it were. No. Um, but it's, right. but for the dude, for the, the most part, I mean, especially if you go to G fest, uh, Godzilla fans are just the most genuinely s- sweet people. And, uh, I think a lot of it stems from, uh, what I talked about earlier, the, the, the loneliness of being a fan. And then that feeling yeah. of every year, I mean, last year I missed G fest this year, man. I, I wish, uh, I wish this, this would have been my first this year. Been your Honestly, first year. Uh, this would have been my first year, honest oh, to God. No. So if I'm able to go, if they have it next year, you know, cross, so. you know, fingers crossed. I hope so uh, I'll see you at G Fest next year. Absolutely, I I highly, if it happens, um, I highly recommend it. I always tell fans because um, I, I always, I never want it to sound like I'm saying, "Ha ha, I'm at G Fest and you're not," because that's awful. But like, right. I just, I always tell people. If at any point in, you know, it's, if you can't go, it's fine. I mean, not everybody can do it, but if you ever do get the chance, I, I highly recommend it because the, the feeling of walking into those doors and it's like, it's just like being home, you know, it's just, I mean, cause last year was my, my 10th G fest, uh, in a row and my first G fest yeah. began 2010 and, um, I I remember walking in and being a little bit nervous, not quite sure what to expect. I was new to the convention scene. I wasn't quite sure, like, you know, an awkward 17-year-old, what do I do? And um, I, uh, right. I I ended up walking into um, the, the Dojo Studios room where they uh, all of the fans bring their costumes. And they film, oh, okay. they film uh, uh, little parts of uh, like original kaiju movies with fan-made suits and miniature sets. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And I walked into that room. It was one of the years they were shooting uh, Godzilla Battle Royale, the great YouTube movie. I don't think it's on YouTube anymore, unfortunately. But um, feature-length movie featuring fan-made costumes and um, you know the fans from the convention acting in it. And um, just a fantastic uh fan creation and they were shooting it in there and there was a little boy in there with a, uh, a Godzilla 98 hand puppet. And I just kind of sat and had a conversation with this random, like eight or nine year old kid. And uh, mm-hmm. when he walked away, I, 
I got like a genuine adrenaline buzz because I realized that that was the first conversation I'd ever had with another Godzilla fan face to face. A 17 year old teenager. <laughs> I'm not kidding. 17 year old teenager and like this eight or nine year old boy who's now in college all these years later. Right. I mean, I don't know where he is, but uh, nice conversation, dude. It was fun, but um, yeah. if you're if you're listening, kid from G Fest yes. that talked to Danny, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. But um, yeah, I, I highly recommend going, and uh, you'll just walk. You'll just talk to random people. That's the most amazing thing. Is I mean, I went from being you know, very insulated in my, in my fandom to the point where I was, you know, I gathered Mm -hmm. up all my Godzilla movies and, you know, crammed them into a drawer in my, my bedroom. And I would watch them alone in my room at night, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's the only way I could see them. And, uh, that's, that's how I chose to watch them. It's not like I was like, nobody, you can't watch your Godzilla. No, I just, I just brought them upstairs and got them out of the way. Yeah. No one ever told me that I, could not watch my Godzilla movies on the big screen in the living room or in the den. Yeah. It was my choice to go to my bedroom on my little 13 inch television, (laughs) uh, to watch my movies because, you know, like we talked about, it was my thing. It was my little personal thing. And I, and I like what you said there just a few minutes ago that a lot of folks in this fandom come from, sort of being very isolated because if you're a Godzilla or Tokusatsu fan in the West, I don't know how it is in the East in Japan and other in Asian countries, but if here in the West, if you're a Godzilla and Tokusatsu fan, um, you're sort of in a very, um, I'm going to use the word exclusive club, uh, because I don't want, I want to put a very positive spin on it. You're in a very elite exclusive club if you are a Godzilla and Tokusatsu fan here in the West. And I, and I, and I like what you said there that, that the reason some of these fans, and this is the way I interpreted it, that the reason some of these fans get so excited is because we didn't have that growing up. Nope. Like I personally did not have someone like you to sit down for an hour plus to talk about Godzilla. I didn't have that. And so a lot of us now are playing catch up. And I think that's where a lot of this excitement comes from. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, the, the kind of explosion in the last few years that we've seen of creative endeavors from Kaiju fans, like the GNP, like, like all of the great podcasts that have started to come up um, in the, in, in the wake of uh, Kaiju cast ending. Uh, and there were obviously right. podcasts that were going on before, before they, bef- during yeah. Kaiju Cast's 10 year long run. But I feel like there's been so much more and there's been, I don't know. I feel like it's just getting bigger. Um, and it, that yeah. can be anything from, um, you, you know, like little, little Timmy holding his toys in front of a, his, his iPhone and putting it up on YouTube, you know, all the way to <laughs> something like what you do or what I do. Um, and that's, and that's something that's, that's also been really great doing the GNP that I love is that yeah. people are sending me their creative projects and they're actually asking for right. input. I had, um, uh, a, a Twitter, a friend of mine say, Hey, I wrote a book. Uh, you know, if you ever check it out, leave me a review. And I ordered the book and I read it and I said, Hey, I, I read your book here. My thoughts on it. Um, I have mm-hmm. had people send me their fan fictions. I have had people sure. send me, uh, links to their DeviantArt page. Um, I met a little boy at G Fest last year who has a little YouTube show that he does where, you know, it's pretty much what I described. He has little monster fights with his, 
with his toys. And yeah. I, I said, he said, he seemed a little shy about it. And I pulled out my phone and said, what's your, what's your name on, on, on Facebook? And he told me, and I, I, bam, I subscribed to it immediately. You know, it's, right. it doesn't really matter. And people yeah. make, and you know, people make fun of that stuff. They do. But- and it just, it kills me inside because especially yeah. when it's which it's kids because i didn't have a way to do that as a kid but even if i yeah. did i probably would have been too nervous <laughs> i mean i would have been like oh someone's gonna make fun and you know like i said before there are always the ne'er-do-wells um i, I i've lost count of how many times i've seen a uh um, like an excited fan. Cause I'm, this is a, mm. this is a little peek into my psyche here. I am not a big social media aficionado. Uh, I, right. I did not, I didn't even have a personal Facebook page until I started the GNP. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have one. I didn't have a Twitter. I didn't have anything. Well, you're probably better I, off. Well, I, I, I was, um, but I can't hate on it too much is even though there's plenty of negativity on social media, I can't hate on it because it's been, uh, an, a remarkable tool for networking and meeting fans. I mean, I'm sitting pretty at close to 2,100 Twitter followers. That's insane. Right, yeah. I mean, I who knew? And um, yeah, but this little guy from uh, Ohio yeah, that yeah. decided one day to to venture out and pursue his passion now is what I would consider sort of a pillar in this in this community wow. that we built together. Well, that's really that's sweet, man. Thanks. That's that's a nice thing to say. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, it's, it's really, really been a, a blessing to, to see it all kind of unfold yeah. and um, to see the, the positive group of people that have, uh, have, have come forth and the people that will share the chapters when they're posted and um, people who've left uh, nice reviews on, on the GNP Facebook page and the people who've uh, mm. cause it's, it's kind of hard to do that. I think cause on the website itself, because you have to have a WordPress account to leave a comment yeah. and, but I still get comments sometimes, you know, and people that have uh, probably already had the account will just pop it and say, listen, dude, this was like really good. And I'll be like, I, I don't know, but thanks. <laughs> cause you know, that cre- creative people are their worst enemy, right? Like I think everything I do is garbage. So it's, but it's, it's right. lovely. To, I don't, I don't actually think that there's, there's a couple things I don't completely despise, but it's, it's right. really lovely. It's been so nice. Um, just having, I've never had anyone knock on wood, knock, 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 knock. Thank God there was some wood next to me. Uh, say anything like, insulting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've gotten some lovely constructive criticism, which I'm so, so thankful for. Um, I've had people say, Oh, I, I think that translation was, wasn't right. And I'll be, I'll look at it and I'll be like, Holy crap, you're right. And I'll change it. Um, yeah. I'd like to get to a point where I can like send people things <laughs> be like you just caught a typo or you just caught a, a factual research error. Here's a t-shirt. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting, I'm right. getting close to the point where I can do that, where I can, um, right. have merchandise and stuff, but it's, it's just been right. really lovely. Really, really lovely. Yeah. Hey there, audio listener, Michael here. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this was only part one of Danny and I's conversation. There's a whole lot more ground to cover in part two as we dive a little bit deeper and try to answer some really interesting questions like what has been Danny's biggest challenge to transcribe and what inspired him to start the GNP. We also have a really fun treat for you guys as a reward for sticking around with us through the entire conversation. So before we get out of here, if you want to find out more about Danny and the Godzilla Novelization Project, head on over to GodzillaNovelizationProject.com. Follow them on Facebook at the GNP or Godzilla Novelization Project. 
On Twitter, you can find Danny at Danzilla93 underscore GNP. You can become a Patreon at patreon.com slash Godzilla Novelization Project. So until next time, guys, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Groupie Podcast, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton using RedCircle.com. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue this conversation, please email me directly at kaijugroupiepod at gmail.com. Also, follow us on social media by joining the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, on Twitter at Kaiju Groupie Pod, and on Instagram at The Kaiju Groupie. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite giant monster podcasts. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the show. This will help spread the word to other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, and if you do, I promise I'll read your comments on the next episode. All film, audio clips, and graphics belong to their respective copyright holders with no infringement being intended or implied. So until next time, I'm Michael, the Kaiju Groupie, signing off. Thank you.